If you love the blue and white like we do, and you like to stay up to date on what's going on around Ripley High School athletics, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and turn on your notifications. Welcome to episode 30 of Viking 360. And Rube, this week we have an episode packed full of fall sports. Exactly, Brian. And we're getting uh, close to the season. We're going to talk, uh, talk a little golf, talk a little soccer, talk a little football. So let's get at it. Welcome back inside Viking 360. I'm joined now by Viking junior golfer and baseball player, Davis Haynes. Davis, thanks for taking the time. Hey, thanks for having me, Brian. Davis, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, you're a junior now. You're kind of uh, getting your footing at Ripley High School. You're a baseball player, golfer. Uh, you're probably going to be looked at to be a little bit of a, a leader on the golf team this year. Is that a fair statement? Um, yeah, I think it is. I mean, I'm ready for stepping into a leadership role. I don't really like being the, the little kid on campus. You know, I like, I like trying to take charge and do my own thing and leading other guys into the right path and have them do the right thing. What is it about golf that you like? Um, I know what it is that draws me in so much uh, to play golf, but uh, it's a fun sport, a sport you can play your whole life, something you can play when you get to be an old man like me. But what is it for you that, that uh, you like so much? All the, I like the drive of always getting better. It's one sport where one day you think you got it, the next day you're, you don't got it. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, It's just one sport where – it's just constant work. It's just you're never done, and I think that's just so appealing to me, and it's what makes it so fun and such a challenge. Tell me about this golf team. I think you were telling me a moment ago that you guys have 16 matches this year, uh, but you got a lot of underclassmen. You got one senior, I believe you said, uh, on the team. So uh, talk about that and what you guys expect as you head into the beginning of the season. Yeah, we got some new faces on the team this year, some people that haven't really played a lot of tournament golf, and it's just going to be – you know, getting them adjusted to the new stuff and me stepping it up as a junior. And then we have Chris White, who'll be a senior, and uh, Jarrett Lowe, who'll also be a junior. And Andrew Manley, he plays baseball, he'll also be a junior. And those are just kind of the older guys on the team that really know what we've been around, we know what to do, and we just got to get the younger guys on the track and show them what to do. You mentioned tournament golf. There's a difference between going out on a Saturday morning and playing with your buddies or putting the peg in the ground and playing it in a tournament when it really counts. Talk a little bit about the mindset and the difference in that. Oh, yeah. Like, when you go out and play with your friends on Saturdays, it's, oh, two off first tee. That's that's not a thing in tournament golf. It really it separates the good golfers from the bad golfers. It makes you buckle down, shows mental toughness. It just It's just harder than just going out and playing. It just makes better golfers. The more tournament golf you play, the better you'll get. High school golf. A lot like any golf that you see, you watch on TV even, the difference in winning and losing really comes down to the flat stick, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, your short game is the most important part. Everyone's heard the saying, drive for show, putt for dough, and it's it counts. I mean, 300-yard drive doesn't do you any good if you, if you three-putt every green. I mean, you really got to be good at the short game, and I think that's the most important part to focus on during your games, not so much the long game and other things. You're standing out on the baseball field for the Viking uh, baseball team in the spring. Talk a little bit about 
the how similar pitching is to playing uh, golf because both uh, golf I, I call it a game of imperfect because you, you got to learn how to deal with your misses and learn how to 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 uh, deal with failure. Pitching's a little bit the same way. Like you mentioned, you could go out one day on, on the mound and have your your stuff. And then the next start, you may be missing your spots and not have it. Uh, talk about how you draw from from your experiences on both of those sports. Oh, like one of like our pitching coach Frankie Cummins, he always tells me most starting pitchers have their best stuff one every three games. So like that kind of carries over into golf. Like I know I'm not gonna be hitting the ball good every day, gonna be putting good every day, chipping every day. So it's just like. With pitching, when you don't have your good stuff, you just got to be able to grind and make it through. And that's like with golf, you just got to be able to scramble and make it through and make your pars and go on. Now, school-wise, what are some of your goals as far as school-wise are concerned? I know you're probably thinking about college and maybe thinking about uh, playing baseball or playing golf or maybe even both in college. Uh, Talk about uh, any thoughts that you've had uh, for the future of Davis Haynes. I mean, I've always, I always, I want to go to college. I want to play a sport in college, and whether it ends up being baseball or golf, it doesn't really bother me either way. It's just going to come down to which sport gives me the most money and what school wants me the most for what thing. And major, I haven't decided on what I want to be yet. I got two years to figure that out. So before I let you go, uh, what's your prognosis for this golf team? What do you think? Uh, what's a good year for you guys? Obviously, you want to win and hoist a trophy um, but what are you guys thinking about team wise as far as uh, goals are concerned I mean it's always you know like during baseball the goal was make it to Power Park well golf you want to make it to Ogilvy that's where state tournament is and I mean that's the ultimate goal we got the top two teams in the region go and then the top two individuals go so I think that it'd be nice to go as a team and if they don't go as a team I'd like to go by myself Davis thanks for the time best of luck this year thank you let's go big blue And, Rube, just like football, soccer season is upon us, boys and girls teams. It is indeed, Brian. And uh, I know, uh, the boys soccer team starts off with a with a home stretch. So I think their first uh, four or five uh, matches are at home. Really tough schedule. They start off with Buchanan, Jefferson, uh, Spring Valley, Woodrow Wilson. Then they play Morgantown, Capital, Huntington, Wheeling Park, and Parkersburg. A very competitive schedule uh, for the Vikings. And, we had a chance to uh, get caught up on the Lady Vikings as well. One of the successful sports at uh, Ripley High School in recent season has been Lady Vikings soccer. And we're pleased to have uh, Coach Stephen Gandy with us this evening. Coach, good to see you again. Thank you very much. Tell us a little bit about um, your career at Ripley High School. When did you graduate? And uh, tell us about your athletic career at dear old RHS. Um, so I guess began probably 92. Um, I think that was one of the first seasons that Ripley had soccer, uh, under the guidance of Bob Miller, coach Bob Miller, um, played four years of soccer, Ripley high, um, wrestled for three, uh, of my four years, uh, ran track, uh, and played a year of tennis as well. Stephen, I mean, you work in Charleston uh, every day, and you come home and, and have a practice. Obviously, it, it lengthens your day quite a bit, but it's something you enjoy or, or you wouldn't be here. Why do you do this? 
That's that's a great question. Sometimes I ask myself that. Um, I, I have a daughter who's uh, been very motivated uh, by this game. Um, so obviously that's been a primary motivation for me. Um, but you know, more importantly, uh, I've really seen um, birth of talent and. and uh, the soccer program is uh, growing stronger year by year, uh, and it's great to be a part of that. Um, it's not necessarily anything that I'm doing on my own here as a high school coach. Uh, it's taken you know, many parents, many club coaches, many rec coaches, uh, a, lot of people, a lot of people in the community guiding uh, these student athletes. Stephen uh, had a coming off a very successful season, and you, you picked up uh, 16 wins a, a year ago. But what are the expectations uh, for this fall? And tell us about some of the strengths of this team. So we, as a team, really haven't um, sat down and and talked about what goals uh, we're going to set for ourselves just yet. Uh, we just finished our first day. Uh, of our preseason, but uh, me as a coach personally feel that this is a year that a uh, lot of opportunity to make Ripley High girls soccer history. Um, Parkersburg South been phenomenal, phenomenal program. A uh, lot of lot of respect for Coach Ron over there at South, um, but they are coming off of nine seniors graduating where seven of them actually were starters. Um, there's no doubt that they're going to rebuild and, and be strong. Um, but as a coach, you're, you're sitting there and, and seeing that as an opportunity for yourself uh, with that many starters uh, being lost to graduation. Um, Parksburg High has been, for, for the program that Parksburg High has, has been down for a couple years. They're going to be much stronger this year. Um, but I definitely think uh, our team can compete with them, and I, I really like our chances of coming out of the sectionals this year and, and going to the regional final. Who are some of the players that you're looking uh, looking to for uh, leadership this year? Who do you think your some of your uh, your your major contributors will be? Uh, my goodness, the senior class I have um, has really done a lot to step up over the summer and encourage um, some participation. I'm gonna mention Gracie Smith. Uh, Gracie Smith is a two-time All-State defender for me. Um, she's been a big motivator and, and leader uh, with some of the, the younger players. Um, you know, I've seen her kind of be a mentor with some of the freshmen. Um, also, I've seen Olivia Gandy uh, really step up, be a leader, be an encourager, um, set the expectations for all the players to be at any weightlifting session or training session. And then lastly, I think uh, Reagan Carpenter. She's not typically as loud and vocal, um, but what she does when she comes to practice uh, leads by example and um, does a great job of building team chemistry and between those three I, I can see a lot of potential for them being leaders but 
know, Olivia Broom, Sydney Cunningham, um, Ainsley Parsons, they're going to have a big role in the direction of this team as well. Stephen, uh, let's talk just a little bit about the the schedule. You mentioned uh, South and, and PHS, but uh, who are some of your early matches against and when do you get started? Well, I believe the first five games we have are going to be on the road. Um, a trip to the Eastern Panhandle, Charlestown and Inwood, uh, playing some of the teams in Region 3, some strong teams out there. Uh, so we are looking forward to that. Um, the drive's going to be pretty, you know, taxing on the players and, and the coaches likewise, but uh, we'll be making that trip. We'll also be going to Athens, Ohio. Um, Athens has had a history of being a strong program. Uh, we were lucky to get the best of them for nothing last year, uh, which was a big surprise. Uh, they're, they're usually very competitive. Uh, so those are the three opening games that we have. would say the, the big test that we're going to have in the front end of the season will probably be Buckhannon Upshur. Uh, they were very young last year, very strong, gifted, and quick midfielders. So I would say that travel to Buckhannon to play them is going to be our real, real first test. Well, Coach, I know this team is ready for some good tests, and we certainly wish you the best of luck in the upcoming season, and thank you for your time. Rube, I appreciate it. Thank you. And, Rube, as the middle of August approaches, that means one thing, Viking football scrimmages coming up in our future. That's right, Brian, and the uh, Vikings will be having uh, scrimmage games against uh, Two teams that are somewhat familiar with us because we had scrimmages with both of them last year, but two teams that we don't get to see all that often. They'll be scrimmaging uh, the Bees of East Fairmont. That'll be on uh, Saturday, uh, August 17th, and that begins at 11 o'clock. Uh, that'll be at Memorial Stadium. And then the following Friday on the 23rd, they'll be traveling uh, to John Marshall for a scrimmage game uh, against the Monarchs beginning at 5.30. And, Rube, speaking of preseason football, our next interview regards Wallies and Wimpies, a publication many Viking fans will recognize. Our guest on the Viking 360 is, he's neither uh, Wally nor is he Wimpy, but he is Wally and Wimpy. So, uh, welcome Jim Workman to the podcast. Good to talk to you again, Jim. Hey, thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate the opportunity. And I, people ask me many times, are you Wally or Wimpy? And I tell them I'm their long lost cousin. <laughs> Well, Jim, you've been involved in sports in the Kanawha Valley area for quite some time. Just tell me a little bit about your background and how you got uh, involved with the uh, sports publication Wallies and Wimpies. Oh, wow. Um, I've been around a while uh, because I'm old. Um, I've, I was in the, uh, I've mostly lived in the Kanawha Valley around Charleston my whole life. Uh, it was in the late 80s. I started at a local radio station here. And uh, in 90, in 1990, I actually got on the air with uh, really a, a guy that I consider a West Virginia broadcast legend, which was John Dickensheets. And he gave me my first break in sports talk radio. And uh, we, I did a lot of uh, sports talk with him throughout the 90s. And uh, really thankful for that. But, you know, it was in the preparation for those talk shows that we did that I always made it a point to stop by 
a convenience store and pick up a copy of Wallies and Wimpies because, you know, it was updated with all the schedules and all the scores and a lot of great information. It was really uh, a handy tool to have at your side if you're doing sports talk radio. And it was something that I always, you know, kept by my side, even you know, throughout the weekend watching football. So uh, I recognized the value of it from, uh, you know, a very early age. And, uh, you know, I started getting involved in sports writing right after that. Uh, started writing for the Charleston Gazette High School Sports in the early 90s. 92 was my first year with them. Uh, and that brought me to Ripley a few times. And uh, I remember... Uh, the Marino years, I, re- I remember, of course, the Corey Eisner, those years. I, I, I enjoyed a lot of really good Ripley uh, sports, mainly football, but uh, I really uh, have an appreciation for the Ripley Vikings, and I love the stadium. I always enjoyed coming up there, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it's just good memories of high school football back in that era. Thank you, Jim, and... Uh... And you also had a, a, a sort of a Ripley connection with the, with the publication as you acquired um, the publication and made some changes there. But tell us about the, the redesign of Wally and Wimpy. So. Yes, uh, well, uh, I worked um, with Tim Northrup, the previous publisher, for probably at least 20 of those 27 years. And he's from your uh, region. He, uh, he was at Light Point Publishing and... Uh, Parkersburg, and he, I think he even had it printed in uh, Jackson County for many years. But uh, when uh, it, it actually lapsed one year, it did not publish 2017. So Tim and I came up with an agreement that uh, I uh, and my company, Workman Media, would take over and uh, become the new publisher of Wallies and Wimpies. And uh, we began in 2018. Uh, but we uh, basically just brought the name the design, the logos, the advertisers, all that, we had to start from scratch. So I employed a great friend of mine, and I know a great friend of yours, and a, a Ripley legend himself, uh, Jacob Paul, who, uh, you know, despite the title of uh, Biggest Liar, I, I think he's, that he's a really <laughs> cool guy, and he's a great comedian, but... Uh, Anyway, Jacob helped me out with the design, and uh, I think it's it's just really a beautiful publication. Easy to read. You know, it's one of those things that uh, you can sit down once you pick it up and uh, read it, but you always come back to it throughout, just as I did, throughout the weekend. You're looking at scores and schedules, and, you know, we've got some great photos in there. We've got uh, Michael Switzer, who is the father of Ryan Switzer, the Pittsburgh Steelers, former Charleston native. Uh, we work with uh, Michael Switzer, who gives us some great photographs, and uh, it's just a good publication. I think uh, we're, it's something to be proud of that it's published in West Virginia, and you know we're trying to get it out there to as many people as possible. And Jim, you're telling me that the publication schedule actually changes somewhat uh, during, uh, according to what time of the year it is. Yes. Um, well, previously in the 27 years that LightPoint Publishing published Wallies and Wimpies, it was only a football season uh, magazine. It, it started the first week of September and it ran through uh, November with a bowl edition in December. Well, what uh, we've done now, and this is our second year, we have added off-season editions, and we, uh, we continue with that same football season schedule, but we also put out an, a 
audition in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, just to keep people, uh, you know, in, involved in sports, reading about sports, and uh, it's really been uh, received well. So uh, instead of about 13 issues, we do about 22 throughout the throughout the year. And Jim, for Viking fans, uh, what are some ways that they can uh, pick up the publication or, or actually read the publication? Well, we are, uh, you know, constantly looking to expand uh, our locations. You know, if, if there are businesses in that area that would like to uh, to uh, carry Wallies and Wimpies, we'd be happy to talk to them and, and provide papers to them. Uh, our contact information is on the website, wallywimpysports.com. But uh, for now, uh, it is in a few uh, places in your area. Uh, there's Parmar stores. Uh, there's a few other areas, but you can always, I think the easiest way is to access our digital edition. And you can do that also from wallywimpysports.com. And uh, you become a Patreon, patron. Uh, and it's a, a website called patreon.com and uh, slash wallywimpy. And what you do is you, became, you become a patron. Uh, you uh, pledge $4 a month, and then uh, you get the digital edition of Wallys and Wimpies sent to your inbox. You can view it uh, on your smartphones. You can uh, view it on your tablets, your laptop, your desktop, and uh, it's, it's a beautiful PDF version, and you actually get it before anybody else. You know, it takes a little bit of time to print, a little time to deliver, uh, set it out, but you guys get it as it's sent to the printer. You get it sent uh, right straight to your email inbox. So I think that's pretty cool, too, and people have received that well. And, Jim, you were telling me in an, another uh, um, attachment that you have to the sport of football is your love for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, tell us about the uh, the Browns backers. Yeah, yeah, I've been a Browns fan for a long time, and, uh, of course, uh, you know, headed up 77 many, many times to go see the Browns play. And we usually stop uh, in your area for, you know, some snacks or a fill-up. So uh, um, the Browns have just been a part of my life since I was a, a teenager and uh, went up to the games in the 80s, 90s, a few times since they've been in the new stadium. But, uh, you know, a couple of months ago I was really surprised as I went on the Cleveland Browns website to, uh, to find out there was not a Browns backers chapter in the uh, Canal Valley area. There is actually one in Huntington, there's one in Parkersburg, and there's one in Wheeling, but there was not one in Charleston. And because uh, Wally's and Wimpy's has a relationship with Buffalo Wild Wings in the Canal Valley area, we uh, approached them about, you know, uh, supporting us as, a, as an organization, as a chapter, and they uh, were more than happy to do that. And uh, so we've started uh, last night or this week. Uh, we had uh, our first chapter meeting, and it, we had a great turnout. Uh, people were enthusiastic about it. And really, I guess what it is is just uh, so, you know, to enjoy some camaraderie with uh, um, fellow Browns fans, watch the games together, maybe even uh, do some uh, bus trips to some games. And we'll, we'll organize some charitable events, and uh, the Cleveland Browns have a foundation that we will donate towards. And uh, it'll just be a fun fun time and uh, I, I joked with somebody the other day I was like you know we really probably need to get, a, get together just uh, for some group therapy after the last 20 years ago that we've had. <laughs> Jim it's uh, great to talk to you again and I wish you uh, certainly the best of luck with the publication looking forward to reading it again.
Mike, always great to talk to you. I mean, uh, you're a legend as well, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk to you. I mean, if I got Jacob Hall and, and Mike Rubin in my corner, I, I've, I've done pretty well in my life. <laughs> thank you. All right, thank you, Mike. As we continue to roll out 100 years of Viking football, the Hall of Fame inductees have been voted on and decided upon. And with this being 100 years, as I mentioned a moment ago, we're going to do something a little special this year. That's correct, Brian. And we'll mention that the the Hall of Fame at Ripley High School, they are selected by a group known as the Viking Fullbackers Club, which consists of a former uh, Ripley High School football players. So you're being selected by your peers. And for the the, the opener on uh, August 30th, we'll be inducting at Frankie Mays. And he was a quarterback here at Ripley in the early 60s, went on to quarterback at Glenville State, and was a very successful coach at Wintersville High School in Ohio. Second home game against Buckhannon Upshur on September the 6th, Ty Phelan, a guy that was a little underappreciated in his time in the blue and white, and a lot of that had to do with the team he was playing on his final season. He had names like McCoy, Eisner, Rogers, guys that were getting a lot of attention. Ty Phelan should have been one of those guys that was garnering the same type of attention. Excellent player, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And a first-team All-Stater as well. And for the the St. Albans game uh, that's coming up on um, October 4th, we'll be inducting another player uh, who came from the early 60s. His name was Dennis Gerlock. And Dennis has the distinction of playing at Marshall University and playing on the same team with Thundering Herd uh, legendary coach uh, Bobby Pruitt. And then he went on to coach at Hamlin High School down in Lincoln County. The homecoming game against Greenbrier East on uh, October 18th, it's a little bit special. We're calling it Viking Legends, and we're inviting back uh, some former players who uh, played at Ripley High School in the years prior to 1960, and we're trying to honor our past by bringing these guys back on the football field for the homecoming game. Andrew, we wrap up the Hall of Fame inductees uh, for the home the home game against Ravenswood on November the eighth, and it's Mike Duke, a guy that when you think of uh, Frank Marino football, you think of a guy like Mike Duke, a, a, a lunch pail, hard hat kind of guy who brought it every night uh, for the blue and white, a guy that uh, played through injury. Uh, just one of those guys, a glue type of guy that was a tremendous player for the Vikings and glad to see him make it in. And he helped uh, lead the Vikings to one of their most exciting playoff runs in school history. Remember, for all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, Search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications. Thanks for listening to Viking 360. We'll see you around.